0: I just started cracking up laughing and I'm like, I find this so funny and it's going to make me remember it, but like, I don't know that I can send it out to the public with that name. Yeah. Um, so I ended up posting in the group asking if that name was a little bit too edgy or controversial uh, to send to a bazaar uh, and whether people had
1: other names that they might name it other than that. Welcome to the Fluid Arts Podcast with your host, Kevin White where we dive into the wonderful world of fluid arts, including acrylic pouring, alcohol ink, resin art, and more. In this podcast, we let talented artists share with us their techniques, inspirations, and tips for creating amazing fluid art. Whether you want to earn a living making art or improve your work, this is the podcast for you. So sit back and relax as we take you on a journey to learn more about this exciting and engaging art form
2: welcome to another episode on the fluid arts podcast i am your host kevin jr and today we have an awesome artist in the group by the name of samantha dexheimer
0: yeah thanks for having me
2: yeah so um we talked a little bit before you were in the air force you're now a full-time artist in the acrylic corn space and i definitely want to talk about this one specific painting that we that you created so welcome to the the podcast, Samantha.
0: Thank you so much.
2: Yeah, so I definitely want to introduce you and uh, let the members understand. Like, but first, before we get into the specific piece, what intro- what got you started with acrylic pouring.
0: Um, Yeah, so I used to do art back when I was in the military. I worked with a gallery out in Virginia, um, and then when I left the military, I went into school and kind of lost what I felt like was my voice, I guess, with um, art. And so I stopped doing it for probably over a year and ended up seeing a video on YouTube um, and then got onto the acrylic pouring website and found the Dutch pours. And I fell in love with specifically the Dutch pours and started doing that in my garage in Arizona um, before finally moving up to Washington.
2: Okay, what is it about the Dutch pours, Is curious.
0: Um, I think I like the soft edges um, and the way that you can play with negative space. Um, I've looked at other types of pouring, and it's not that I don't like them. Um, I definitely do, and I love the whole space. But as far as the, like, softness of the Dutch pours, it's really what brings me towards them.
2: Okay. And I noticed this one you used – well, let me not assume. Did you use, like, a a blow dryer or anything like that to kind of move it around, create that effect?
0: yeah. Yeah, I use a hairdryer and all of my my canvas pieces, and then I'll use a straw if it's smaller pieces like a coaster or trivet.
2: Nice. Okay, so like a Dutch pour with with. That technique added to it.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Okay, have you tried the other techniques and you, you just like the Dutch
0: pour better? So I actually did my first uh, ring pour. It was yesterday or the day before. Um, And it turned out way better than I thought it was going to turn out for me. Um, I've been inspired by some of the people in the group. And uh, so I might try around with that a little bit more. Um, But as far as most of my pieces, they've been Dutch pours.
2: Okay, now let's talk setup real quick. You, You mentioned the garage in Arizona. What does your studio space look like now?
0: Yeah, so we moved into a house um, in Washington last summer, and so now I have the great room downstairs. Uh, we set that up as my studio, so we, my, our old dining room table um, is now my table, and I have that whole space for taking pictures and doing the art itself and everything else.
2: That's awesome. Do you have like a cover over the, the table, or you just let it just go everywhere?
0: Yeah. So I had a drop cloth and I had a rug underneath the table. Um, I just ordered, they sell these like uh, plastic table protectors on Amazon. So I have that coming this weekend because um, the trash bags and the drop cloths were ripping so easily. Um, and then the rug underneath just to get any drops that go past the table.
2: Okay. Yeah. I've, I've, one thing when I've experimented with the blow dryer or the hair dryer is that it, it knocks my cups everywhere. It gets... <laughs> everywhere even sometimes on the carpet which you know i had to use some remedies to get that out
0: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and you have to be careful what's around you and where your cords go and i've put the cord through the painting a couple times now so yeah there's a lot to pay attention to when you're doing dutch pours
2: yeah okay so the one that we're talking about right now what are the dimensions on that one like your canvas size
0: yeah that one i believe is an 18 by 24
2: okay and any like when you first started off into acrylic porn, did you start off with the 18 by 24? Did you start off with the small, like two by twos or what was your strategy with that?
0: So when I started out, it was, the first one was a 10 by 20 um, because I was trying to do the, I can never pronounce it, but where you have three different canvases that go together. Um, so I wanted to do that along those lines. So I was doing longer pieces back then. Um, and then I switched to 16 by 20s uh, and then went up from there. And then now I've gone back down. So most of my pieces now are 16 by 20 again. I just started cracking up laughing and I'm like, I find this so funny and it's going to make me remember it. But like, I don't know that I can send it out to the public with that name. Um, So I ended up posting in the group asking if that name was a little bit too edgy or controversial uh, to send to a bazaar. Uh, and whether people had other names that they might name it other than that. Um, I ended up renaming it Spanish Dancer, which was one of the first uh, recommendations I got on that post. And I looked it up and it's this sea slug. And I, it was just perfect to me because um, it, it does look so much like this the sea slug. Uh, and I think with Spanish Dancer and the colors that it is, uh, it can really you know, fit more than one take because you could actually think of a actual Spanish dancer, you know, the women with the beautiful, colorful dresses or the sea slug. So I ended up going with that name. Uh, Some of the other good ones I also got was gladiolus. Uh, A lot of people had that in mind. Um, And then quite a few people also saw it more along the lines of a feather. And so I got red feather quite a few times as well.
2: Okay. Yeah. I've seen a video of those little guys. That's They look actually really beautiful too
0: yeah yeah i saw it and i was like i don't know like i i'm not against floral names but i definitely like i have never really resonated with floral names and so i was trying to find something i i, I agree that the painting looked like a gladiolus but when i saw it spanish dancer it was just done for me
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh well i think it's an excellent name yeah i'm uh, finding out just like everybody else and that's what you named it so that's awesome well there, there you have it folks <laughs> spanish name. Dan- <laughs> that's awesome all right and then um what about like just naming paintings in general did you learn anything along the way or maybe some ideas came to your head like
0: yeah absolutely so uh the first thing i learned was audience is key um so quite a few people brought up the fact that uh the Name Period Rush could work with certain audiences. And uh, I definitely came to agree with that. And given the show or the bazaar or whatever event that my my piece was going to go to, it's definitely something to keep in mind. And with it going to just a public, you know, arts and crafts fair, I definitely decided not to go with Period Rush, uh, because it could put off a lot of buyers. Whereas if it was going to let's say a more edgy art show or something, you know, along the lines of feminism or something like that, I probably would have more stuck with the period rush because it's, you know, empowering to some people. Um, so definitely audience is what's the first thing. Um, and then the second lesson I learned is actually that you don't have to name your pieces. And as far as actually like doing the art full time and stuff like that. I'm, I'm fairly new. And so I just had that in my mind that you everybody names their pieces. You know, you go to these museums and all these famous artists, they have their pieces named and everybody knows the names. Um, and quite a few people commented like, I don't understand why people have to paint or name their paintings. And I was like, why do I name my paintings? And it just never dawned on me that like, it's an option not to and to let the customer do it. Um, And so that's something I've been playing around with recently is how do I do my own inventory and how do I uh, market on social media without naming the paintings and especially the social media aspect, um, because obviously you want to grab people's attention and give a certain message. And so driving people to your, or to your, store without the name is something i've been playing around with because i do like the idea of customers being able to take their own take uh, from the paintings so that was really the second piece is figuring out how to market without having a name
2: yeah i think that's awesome i don't many people many artists i'm sure may not even experiment with that but can we talk about that what are some things that you've tried like to to market it that like let's just say if this one didn't have the name spanish dancer how would so you i wa- haven't sorry go ahead no go ahead i was not asking how you how do you market something like that
0: so that's something i'm still figuring out um i'm playing around with uh using tips and tricks on my social media and then staging as well. So uh, before I was just taking my own pictures of the paintings and they, they turn out okay, but they're not like what you see in like certain, you know, professional shops and stuff like that. And so I've recently started using software online to stage the pictures. So the pictures do more, uh, speaking for themselves and people can see it more in, you know, an actual home environment without having to get them, you know, emotionally invested in the name. Now they're more emotionally invested in the the painting and how it's going to look in their home. So that's one area. Um, I haven't actually posted anything yet without the name. Uh, I've been in the background doing some more brainstorming on that. Uh, But then also, you know, listing in Etsy, I've learned more about uh, the fact that you don't have to, you know, put this name of the painting in the title. A lot of people will just, uh, when doing research, they'll use their keywords that people use when searching through Etsy in the title. So they'll have like abstract painting or home decor or something along those lines. So it's more about, you know, what the actual item is than the name um so I've recently switched all my Etsy listings over to names that are more like that because not only is it going to help with the keyword research as far as people finding your stuff on Etsy but then it also gets away from me having to you know tell the the customer what they're seeing in this painting
2: yeah I think that's a great way to get the message out there yeah okay and with that specific stage software that you use what's What's in there? I know there's a few of them out there. Which one do you have? You played around with?
0: Yeah. So I've been using mockupeditor.com, m-o-c-k editor.com. Uh, it's free. I can't remember the limitations on the the free portion of it. I think you get a, up to a certain quality, and then you have a limit on how many you can download a month, or you can pay like five dollars a month and it's unlimited. Uh, and that's I've like really liked it so far because as far as like uh, the items you can add, they have a ton of like uh, little tiny, like items you can add like laptops or like decorations or candles, but also as far as like the, the realism of the shadows and how things drop within each other and stuff like that. It's the best that I've seen because I played around with it, gosh, a couple months ago um, on a different software. And it was just the way that the the items interacted with each other. It was very frustrating, and so this one is nice because like the shadows actually like fall where they're supposed to, and you can choose if your uh, canvas has a frame or no frame, and how much of a shadow it drops. So if you have, you know, the thicker gallery wrapped canvases, it can drop a larger shadow. Um, so that that's I've really enjoyed working with that software so far.
2: Okay, and then for example, when you had mentioned the trip kit sort of setup, is that something? where you you can put all three of those images on there and yeah
0: work. yeah so you can uh insert the images and then you can choose the size so that's one thing that's nice about the software is uh it's fairly uh accurate to size i actually i have a painting that i posted in the group a couple days de- yeah, a couple days ago. And it was has a wine bottle in the picture. And somebody asked how accurate it was to size. So I took a wine bottle in my own house and put it next to the painting and, you know, use that for reference. And it was actually fairly close. So as far as putting the actual like three paintings together or putting more than one painting together uh, in the, the software, you can definitely you can upload as many frames as you want in there. So it's nice because you can do that, and then if they're different sizes too, because I've seen some people that use the different canvas sizes, you can put those in there, and it'll be accurate, so that the customers can actually see what they're buying.
2: Okay. Well, I, I would say that I I absolutely love Spanish dancing and you know all the all the attention that it's got is for good reason. I mean, I think it's <laughs> really cool that you included your husband in the naming too.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Um, he's creative to say the least especially you know with that name uh and he likes to help out the business side we both did our uh mbas and so he's always trying to you know help with the business side of things so having his help in the background has definitely been a blessing
2: yeah that's awesome and is is his i know you said uh mbas and you mentioned for you earlier with technical side is does he also have a technical background as well or he has something else that he adds to the to mix
0: yeah, he's actually uh, more IT than I am. I have uh, that, I, we talked a little bit earlier, I have that social marketing background uh, before I joined the military. And then I went into an IT for a couple of years and he went straight into IT out of high school. So he has eight plus years in that field. So he's even way past me as far as that stuff goes. Well,
2: yeah, that's that's definitely awesome. And uh, Viewers, go ahead and click in the description so that way, um, you know which painting we're talking about, what it looks like, and also we'll have her social medias. Speaking of that, Samantha, if the, one, the listeners want to hear more or see more what you got going on, where should they go?
0: Yeah, so my um, Etsy and my Instagram is under Dexheimer Studios. D is in dog, E-X-H-E-I-M-E-R-S-T-U-D-I-O-S. Uh, that's my handle for both etsy and instagram and then my website is dexheimerstudios.com
2: awesome yeah like i said i put that in the show notes so it'll be easy to just click on it and take a look at all her stuff and i think we'll, we'll definitely have you back on i, I enjoy my time and I hope yes
1: yeah fun. me too thank you so much if you enjoyed today's episode then please like and share with your community And please let us know if you have any suggestions for artists you'd like to hear on our show. This episode is sponsored by AcrylicPouring.com. AcrylicPouring.com is the leading fluid arts website which provides fluid artists around the world the inspiration and tips they need. If you are new to fluid arts and want to get started now, then go to AcrylicPouring.com to learn the five fundamentals of making beautiful acrylic pours for free. Also, join their Facebook community, where every day, artists just like you are sharing their newest creations that just might end up on another one of these episodes.